For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, February 1st, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talk, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on the radio. Troy Harmon here today with. Oh, I let it run till it did the old blew up on you. Nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, here today with uh, Casey Smith, and well. I guess we could call him by his official name, but Casey's work works. Is that your official name, or is that? I don't know. What do you mean by that? Well, I, go, I mean it is Carl, right? Carl, yeah. yeah. Carl Canty. Carl. If you Canty must know. Smith. KC. Well, I I think sometimes it's good to to actually speak it out because some people think your name is Casey. Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, but it's not Casey. Casey so would be like C A S E Y or K A S E Y. Yeah. You're Carl. Carl. There you go. All right. Now that we got, got that out of the way, we're also joined by Jennifer Thomas. Uh, both you guys are uh, CFP certificates, right? Yes. Right. Right. Easy for you to say. Well, it was easy for me to <laughs> say because I say it quite frequently. I'm on here with a lot of CFP certificates from time to time. Uh, I even get somebody that's got a SEPA, which, uh, Casey, you hold that designation as well. Um Am I missing anything else? No, I guess I could tell them what you guys do at uh, Hensler Financial. KC is a, well, I always, I mean, sometimes people get upset with me because I say there's financial planners. I mean, you're a, you hold the certified financial planner yeah. designation. so We are financial planners. Right. That's kind of what we do. Yes. But you're also a manager in the financial, uh, in the planning and implementation department because, what good's a plan without being implemented, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a good um, doorstop. And then Jennifer, you you're like the chief over the whole shooting match, right? The <laughs> financial that's, planning. That's my official title. She's the financial planning queen of Hensler Financial. <laughs> Can we just call you that? Yeah. Yes, I would yeah. actually enjoy that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you could have a scepter and a crown and everything. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, why not? I don't know what's going on with royals these days. It doesn't seem like that'd be the, the place to be. There'd be all be. kinds of drama associated with me. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's face it. I mean, you bring it up. Are we past those years? I mean, is there really? Uh, there are a few official kings that are, you know, the most powerful person in countries like Saudi Arabia, and I think they have a crown prince. Yeah. Right. We actually had an employee that worked for us at one time that was from Nigeria. And she was a queen. Right. Yeah. No, or, I'm she sorry. Was she a was princess. a princess. Yeah, her, her dad, dad was, was a king. King, yeah. So, you know, I guess it's not, it's it's still somewhat dated, I would think. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. They still got them. We've over, moved over on in the to UK. Other, yeah. How about that? 
All right, well, uh, we can cover all that as we go along, but uh, we're really here to talk about financial markets, financial planning. Uh, there's all sorts of things that we'd love to talk about, and most of it uh, focuses on finances, personal or corporate or otherwise, right? It is called Money Talks for a reason. And there you go. Uh, market over the last 12 months, according to the S&P 500, is up 24.26%. That's quite a bit. That's a good. That's a good run. That's about double what you would expect in a normal 12-month span, right? Mm-hmm. A little more than double, actually. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering what that number normally is, ten and a half percent, right? Um, information technology has led the way over the last 12 months, up 49 percent. Uh, utilities up 33 percent. Seems weird until you focus on the fact that uh, the Fed has given anything interest rate related a boost by cutting interest rates three times over the last, well, still over the last 12 months, right? Um, so uh, anytime interest rates fall, anything that is that is a, a bond, a fixed income item, or a bond proxy like utility stocks that pay a significant dividend and are priced because of the cash flows that they give back to investors, uh, they do tend to go up. But utilities up 33% over the last 12 months. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing. Uh, Communication services up 26.9%, and then uh, consumer staples up almost par with the market, just slightly better at 24.87. Everything else is uh, below that 24.26% average, and energy still in the basement with a 7.7% loss. Um, yep. thought energy is getting kicked around pretty good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty rough. Even though over the last 12 months we've seen Iran actually attacked Saudi Arabia yep. and destroyed about uh, I think it's estimated it was about a third of their productive capacity in refining and uh, you know their their oil field technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, and then earlier this month with the um, you know the all this the tension between the U.S. and Iran and everybody thinking we're about to have World War Three and yeah, oil yeah. prices still remaining I, very low. Yeah, you know, I really believe that you can't pass on that topic without saying things have changed. I believe it's it's a, a fair um, a fair thing to say that um, we are not as reliant on Middle Eastern oil as not we at all. used to be. Not at all. And that's truly the reason that we're seeing what's going on there. Are we relying on it? Yeah, we're still reliant heavily on oil, but uh, a lot of it is now coming from the United States. So, uh, right. So we don't have to worry about getting oil to our markets because of uh, upheavals in the Middle East. So it, it uh, definitely makes a difference. Uh, we saw some information out of... Uh, uh, economic news this past week. New home sales uh, weakened further in December, uh, but the broader trend remains favorable. Um, it seems that uh, I, I think you know this. A lot of this data is is uh, got a pretty significant lag. December is normally not a real strong month for home sales anyway, so uh, it's not hugely surprising to me. Um, Market sold off on Monday as a result of uh, coronavirus, right? Well, if you listen to the media, absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, there's a few things going on, in, obviously, that uh, 
that are a little more finance related and economic uh, related. But uh, yeah, coronavirus is is um, feared to to be on the verge of impacting international trade. Uh, so yeah, it's it's starting to to uh, rear up, and and some people are paying attention to it. But it's you know the market has been a bit negative over the last um, you know few days. I think we're still overall positive on the week. Uh, got a number here. Maybe I'll get to it. There we go. No, it's negative 176. So just slightly less than two percent over a five-day span. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's not a huge sell-off, but definitely a, a negative trend. Um, so this week, I'll go ahead and say it, I was wrong. Well, last week, we'll say, for this week. I always close the show saying, you know, what's the market going to do, up or down? I leave you guys to make your own calls. Are we tracking that somewhere? We need to track your record. Yeah, yeah. We what, should what start it, for I this year. We, could, we should go back. We should just do it for 2020. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm guessing you would be right, what, two-thirds of the time? At least. Well, lately, more so. More than that, yeah. yeah. More so than that, yeah. but you know, on on long term averages, yeah. Two if you're a betting man, those are pretty good odds. I would think. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason that I do it. It takes absolutely no thought to know history, <laughs> and um, all you really have to do is see what happened last time. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't always get you in this the best spot though, and and that was again my point on energy sector. Yeah. And and oil going down because uh, things do change over time, and and that's uh, one of them. We're not as reliant on that uh, fossil fuel to run our technological days. So I know a few years ago we had a, a big correction in the oil markets, and it got to the point where it didn't make any sense for the fracking and all mm-hmm. that's going on in the yeah. that with was the shale. By to, the way. Right, sure, because the the OPEC kind of right. intentionally drove the price down to. Sure to kind of get us out of the fracking mode is that are we at that point now at, at what point does that become a problem again to where oil prices would rise well what happened during those days i think the price got down in the teens honestly it was mm-hmm. like mid-teens uh, we saw the low price and that was um i mean you said opec when i think of it i think of saudi arabia what mm-hmm. they decided that they would do uh, and this was pretty widely discussed at the time, as they were going to find uh, the price at which frackers would stop trying to find oil in that way. And, and they precisely did that. The problem is, in the offing, they also put themselves in a bind because right. their economy had been based on 71 or $72 a barrel oil. Uh, but when you get it down in the mid-teens, uh, obviously, you're far from the 71 that you had uh, you had priced in for your own budgeting purposes. So, right. um, what uh, it to to answer your ultimate question? No, uh, frackers are still going crazy in Western North Dakota. They're still uh, drilling oil, um, and it seems that um, somewhere around the high 20s is where. That goes away. That's where that goes. Okay. Yeah, and and it doesn't go away immediately. By the way, uh, people won't poke a new hole in the ground uh, unless they're going to get paid. So anything that was already completed, any of the you know the successful efforts of uh, uh, of the exploration, would continue to to uh, draw the oil out of the ground. They just wouldn't make much in the way of new um, new. Ventures, I guess, yep. finding oil. So, 
Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a dog of the week and answer some financial questions. But stick around and listen to Money Talks. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog of the week this week. It's not really so much a dog. You could almost make it a chicken. Anybody want a chicken of the week? It's not really even a chicken. Uh, this uh, segment is where I enjoy either poking fun at technology or the changes that it's caused in our lives, um, or you know, talking about marketing of a business or you know, uh, business models. Even some of them are really bizarre that we've highlighted on this segment before, but. Uh, this week we got news that, um, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I didn't even know this because I really have uh, the fashion from like the 1970s, early 80s that I've always had, you know, so I don't It'll really come back, update. don't worry. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you wait around long enough. If it hasn't already, I probably missed the you, second You might lap. have missed the second lap. Yeah. Anyway, Beyonce, I uh, can't even say her name, Beyonce's uh, latest line of clothing sold out. Don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, it was called uh, Ivy Park, um, and she had partnered with, uh, who was it, I think Adidas. Anyway, she sold out of her clothing line. Uh, it was, uh, the color was was a was an interesting mix, maroon and orange. And um, I guess, obviously, if it sold out, it must have been very popular. It was Adidas that she had worked with to get that to the market. Um but picking up on the shortage, the chicken chain, here's your chicken of the week, Diane, uh, Popeyes decided that they would, they would fill the gap. So they started, and they even said that if this was, you know, so that folks that wanted to dress like that could do so, um, they started selling their uniforms. Don't know if you've seen a Popeyes lately, but the colors are orange and maroon. What is Popeyes? They're, they're getting into everything now. <laughs> I don't know. Fighting with Chick Fil A. Chicken sandwich. I mean, yeah. that's their that's their bailiwick. Right? They gave a girl and this a is family feud like chicken for life or ten thousand dollars worth of chicken or something. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're just instigators as Popeyes. Well, here's the thing: Beyonce's line of clothing. You know, the the price range was twenty five to two hundred fifty dollars. Um, this one's more like four bucks to. 25 bucks, I think it is. and They're trying and to undercut Beyonce? Well, I mean, you know, who doesn't want to walk around wearing Popeye's clothing? Well, Popeye's needs to call me when they have an original idea. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I'll <laughs> tell you this. If they infused it with the smell of their chicken, would you wear it then? Probably. No. I would. <laughs> or bacon. I mean, either one. Yeah. It's always a good smell. Walk around smelling like, why don't they have a bacon cologne? I, don't know. I think I just stumbled upon something here. You probably did. The million dollar idea. <laughs> they have candles you just gave that it smell like it. Do they? Yeah. Candles like bacon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean. Now I know what I'm getting John Dixon for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> He'll probably eat the candle. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good idea. You're going to hurt John. Don't hurt John. Oh, yeah. It's tax season. Make sure you give it to him. <laughs> yeah, that's like right. Like you said, for Christmas. Maybe he can, you know overcome whatever <laughs> liver damage you, you inflict on him by the eating of a bacon candle, and uh, yeah, he'll be good for next tax season. All right, um, so anyway, that was uh, that was it. I guess 
you know, if you if you roll things out, and, and they always do this these days, make sure that it's on Facebook and all your social media outlets, and um, you know, I bet you they're selling selling uh, hoodies and and uh, hats and everything uh, Popeyes like crazy these days, just because you can't get the Beyonce, yeah, well, Ivy Park by Adidas, well, uh, you know, if you're looking for the uh, Beyonce look on a budget. <laughs> you could also probably go work at Popeyes for a little while and so is it get a, some free uniforms. Is it, you know, I guess you could. You just got to make the first day, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, Beyonce on a budget with bacon. With bacon. With maybe just chicken, fried chicken. <laughs> I'm all about it. All right. Well, hey, this, uh, this being a show about money, let's talk about a situation that uh, – We've ran into recently a, a gentleman by the name of Gary, who's 65 years old, um, business owner. He owns a family-owned and operated HVAC that's uh, heating. Go ahead, KC. What, what are you? Don't look at me. I think it's. I can't even spell HVAC. <laughs> heating, vacuum, and air conditioning. I think it is a company. The company is 30 years old. Uh, with a good lo- uh, local reputation, he and his father started the company in 1990 when Gary was laid off from his previous job. Uh, after his father died, Gary grew the business, and um, right now Gary's the sole owner. But he has a son. His son is 38 years old, and what do you think he's about to do? Wants to figure out how to pass it on to the new generation, right? Absolutely. Pretty common thing, and and not only that, it's a, a common theme these days. We've got uh, we've got a lot of folks that uh, are baby boomers um, who are looking to retire, and mm-hmm. many of them are business owners, so they're looking to pass that family business, um, you know, either created by themselves or maybe a, a generation prior to, or along with a prior generation, um, passing off the ownership and. Obviously, they have lots of options, right? You could either sell the business to some unrelated party, mm-hmm. um, basically just cashing out. You could pass it on to the next generation. Um, you could close it down and sell the assets, which most folks don't want to do. Most of the time, they're emotionally tied to a business like that, so they don't want to see their, their work um uh, Go away. Well, and in this case too, you know, it's saying he he has 45 employees, um, including his son, who's one of them. So, yeah, so you this, obviously, this you know, would be the the nuclear option, right? Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. 45 yeah. people out of work, and right. including one of them being your son. Right. But I mean, in this case, he is interested in passing it on to his son. But I mm-hmm. mean, even as you said, there's 45 people relying on on Gary here. Yep. And that that's a uh, could be a pretty heavy burden for a for a 38 year old who has grown up in the business but doesn't necessarily know, um, you know, maybe hasn't felt the pressure of feeding those families, right? Right, right. So um, I guess just talking a little more about it uh, and some of these numbers and definitely the names have been changed to protect the guilty or innocent or <laughs> you decide. Uh, Company has about two and a half million annual in sales, nine hundred sixty-four thousand gross profits, two hundred forty-four thousand operating income, and uh, two hundred thirty-four thousand in net income before taxes. So, um, there's a few questions that Gary would like to know. What's a reasonable timeline for transition? 
uh, how do they transition if the if the son can't buy uh, the ownership interests? Uh, can he gift shares in ownership of the company? And uh, what kind of tax impact will it have on Gary and his son? Um, Casey, these are always significant yeah. issues, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and the, there's, as you mentioned earlier, there's so many options here of things that should be considered as far as a timeline it's really hard to say. I mean, a lot of that depends on what your ultimate goals are. If for sure you want to transition it to your son, he's already working in the business, that kind of that does help speed things up a little bit in terms sure. of getting things transitioned as opposed to, you know, selling it to, um, you know, call it a third party or, or uh, a strategic buyer, what have you, um, that would have to kind of come in and, and learn the business. It also much faster than having bringing in somebody from the outside to try to run the business for a while and then transition it to them, which is another option. Um, so, you know, timeline, uh, probably a minimum of, I don't know, two to three years before you want to start to put things in place. Um, you right. know, all the considerations around estate planning and taxes and insurance and, you know, all of the various nuances that go into it. Um, you know, a typical type of sale that you would see in this, in this instance would be like an installment sale uh, where the, the son would, you know, use the proceeds from the the business to, uh, or use the the revenue and the income that the gen the business generates to buy out the owner, the the father, Gary, this in this case, over time, you know, five years, 10 years, something like that. Um, right. Uh, that would be a, a pretty common method to see here. Um whether he could, I mean, he could gift interest to the son over time as well. Um, you know, obviously the son could go and get a loan on the business and or a loan to buy the business out if he wanted yeah. to buy him out outright. There's that gets a, a, a number bit, of that gets a little bit tricky. It can be, yeah. yeah. Banks don't like to borrow, or don't like to loan money on um, intangibles. Right. right. They yeah. just want to loan against assets. Exactly. So if there's if there's some assets in the business, potentially that's a, an option, but. Most of the time for a small business like this, you know, it's a, a lot of it's going to be re relationship-based. The sales and the, the your your clients or your customers are going to be the – that's what you're selling, really. Um, and so trying to, to come up with a way to transition out, again, there's so many options. Um, if this were an estate planning, I mean, it's saying that there's $2.5 in sales, Troy, from a business valuation standpoint – I know it's hard to value a business without having a lot more detail sure. than this, but yeah. you could back of the napkin rule of thumb, one-time sales. Well, you could probably do that. Uh, but, again, that's just a back of the napkin yeah. option. There, there's a few things that you – if you want to get into the into the valuation conversation, there's – I mean, obviously there are lots of ways that you can go about it. Um, but what you need to make sure of is that you're getting um, – comparable options before you just assume that uh, the the business is worth X dollars. Tell you what, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, let's delve a little deeper into that valuation question and various others. Stick around, you're listening to Money Talks. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here today with Casey Smith and Jennifer Thomas, and uh, we've been talking about a, a 
situation where uh, Gary is looking to sell his business or transition it to his son. Uh, if you have financial questions, we'd love to hear from you. We uh, always like to take them and answer on the air. Uh, you can get in touch with us via our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you call, uh, listen our voice message. Uh, leave yours right behind it, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind that. Um, if you'd rather call and talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and uh, you uh, will talk to her. She'll get you uh, she'll get your question and make sure that we get it, and we'll answer it on the air as well. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, so, guys, when we were talking a minute ago, we were talking about uh, Gary and his HVAC business. Uh, it's got a, a good long history. Um, Gary's grown the business. And uh, he's now looking to retire. He's got a few options in his own mind, but I think he's got a whole lot more options than he might understand. Uh, Jennifer, you wanted to make a point, though, about... Yeah, one of the things, though, that I know he's he's concentrating on selling the business. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't know all of his situation. I don't know if he has other assets outside, but a lot of people that are sole proprietors business owners, they're putting all of their um, money and time and effort into the business so they may not have a lot of other assets outside. So he also wants to make sure in whatever way he sells it, I'm sure he has a goal for his retirement. So how he wants to spend that, you know, when is he going to need the money? And so that might also come into play when you're looking at the valuation of the business but and structuring how you're going to um, sell it and how the, he'll receive the money. You want to take what he needs into account as well. Yeah, as from a personal financial planning standpoint, that's that's a great point because you want to make sure that he's going to be able to get enough out of the business to meet whatever goals he has. Um, and so we would typically want to run some projections or some financial plans for Gary initially, you know, if he's our client, to, to show – Here's how much you need to get out of the business in order to meet whatever the goals are that you have. Yeah. And what timeline do you need the money? Right. Uh, you know, it may be a situation. A lot of times when somebody owns a business, if we don't know anything about the business and they'll tell us it's worth $10 million and they're going to sell it and they're going to get a lump sum all in, in the you know first year after they retire. Well, most of the time it doesn't work out that way. That's and correct. even if they're getting $10 million, is that... Before taxes, after taxes, you know, what is the tax impact to you? And spreading that payment out might actually be a better thing from a tax standpoint. So right. you have to, to take your personal uh, financial planning into consideration right. when you're selling your business. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked to a lot of folks that are in a similar situation. They come and they, they want to know, you know, I'm looking to retire. Uh, Jennifer, to your point, I, I would make this point to business owners out there. Um, it's not good to... Uh, pile all your eggs in one basket right. no matter what um so you know if you are a business owner and you don't have savings outside of that business you have taken on a lot more risk than you really should be because now not only is your current livelihood but your future tied into one business 
and potentially one transaction mm-hmm. at that point. So uh, it's good to, to diversify all of your investments and not just make it so that you pile all your money into your business. It's a, it's a very common thing, but uh, probably not, not the best one. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, and then back on the track, usually the first question is, well, how much can I get for it? Now, yeah. most business owners have a thought in mind. The guy at the country club said five times EBITDA. Yeah. No. And that's always <laughs> the thing. And, and you know what? That's, that's pretty common. Uh, that's a pretty common factor when you, when you talk to, uh, business owners, they've done a little homework, they've looked online, they've talked to other business owners who might have gone through a transaction recently. But quite often what we find is um, industry information that uh, is pertinent to small businesses is often unavailable uh, according to EBITDA or even earnings. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can go through the manipulations of the financial statements and uh, and come up with all sorts of price to earnings ratio, whatever you want. The one that's most common is sales, yeah. and you can find what the transaction price was and the sales. And with those two, you can do kind of a price to sales ratio, a price to revenue. So, uh, Casey, your initial thought was how many times revenue? It's often around one. Yeah. But there are aspects that you want to to um, think about. Now, you know, Gary's been growing this business since his father passed, and uh, a business that is growing actually should get a higher multiple. Right. And, you know, what, what uh, we generally try to do in solving this piece of the puzzle is uh, find businesses that are similar um, to, to the, uh, to the uh, prospect business that we're looking to value um, we find businesses in a similar geographical location, similar size, same industry, uh, and and we go from there and then start looking at uh, uh, the revenues. And let's face it, what does an investor, somebody that's going to come in and buy this business want? They truly want cash flows. Yeah. Everything in life that you ever invest in should be considered you are paying X, the present value of a future stream of cash flows. So, you know, if it comes right down to it, that's a bit more complicated calculation than just applying a factor to your business. And quite often, especially if you have growth initiatives and they are working, uh, that is the better way to to value a business. Um, And, you know, it's a bit more complicated. I don't want to get into that, but let's let's explore the fact that Gary's got a lot more options than just passing it on to his son. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, number one, he could, uh, you know, he could see if he could find a, another owner. He might even talk to other HVAC companies. It's usually a pretty popular business in just about any community. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if there's a, a willing buyer out there. Um, one that might have better finances than his son that could pay him that lump sum that you talked about, Casey. Right. Uh, or even, uh, you know, for financial planning purposes, maybe be willing to make payments over several years. So that uh, you know he wouldn't be hit with a tax bill all at once. He could sell incrementally the equity in the business. Yeah, f- yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- there's a number of different ways that might actually be better for Gary. 
Um, statistics show that passing a business on to the second generation is not as easy as people think it is. Right. Um, you know, I think something like 80% of second generation businesses fail. Yeah. Um, and third generation, it becomes almost, you know, 95%, something like that. Yeah. So if you're passing it on within the family, within right? the family, and yeah, you do get a little further away from the founder. Yeah. Uh, and you do see the fail rates increase. And so, you know, th- it's not always the most optimal transaction to, to pass it within the family. Um, but if you want to do that, th- there are ways that you can go about looking at doing that. Um, and, you know, we would suggest Gary get with his his tax you know, folks, his CPA, his financial planner, his estate planner, and, and work out all those details. Yeah. Because um, uh, there really is a lot to go through. There uh, really is. A lot more than we can cover in a segment on the radio. Yeah, it would take several weeks. I don't really <laughs> think that folks want to sit and listen to us for several weeks. We're going on about that. Casey, uh, you do hold the Certified Exit Planning Advisor designation, the SEPA, uh, and it's one of the things that you do is, is advise uh, business owners in, in ways that they could uh, begin to prepare the business mm-hmm. for an exit. And and really, I mean, here we are, Gary's 65. It's usually the age of retirement, and this is the first time you hear the question. You're planning. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to beat him up, but your planning just wasn't really yeah it's, it's i mean it's going to be a, it's going to take there's some things that he probably needs to do to get the business ready to be sold and we don't have all of the the detail information that we would need to make that to give that advice really but um from what we're seeing it looks like there's some work to be done yeah and, and you said earlier two to three years yeah if i mean he were i think working on this thinking that this was his target he should have been working when he was 60, 62, something like that. Absolutely. Right? Start, and start I mean, look, it, it never hurts. If you're a business owner out there and you have a business, start thinking about this stuff now, how, how, whatever your age. Right. Because exit planning should be an ongoing process. That's just good fundamental business planning, business management. Uh, and you never know when your timeline's going to change. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, in this, it said that he had to have back surgery, and so he stopped doing service calls. And right. he's probably just, you know, maybe possibly slowing down at this point. And you don't want it, or you know, for you to really get seriously hurt or something like that, and you can't work anymore. And then what do you, you know, you're yeah. forced to yeah, deal with it. And we don't know if there's insurance time. in place, but disability right. insurance, um, life insurance, anything that that could provide for if something were to happen to Gary. I presume that most of the relationships belong to him, and the the sales are because of him. Yeah, that's um, common. Yeah, and so it's it's going to be hard to if something were to happen to him then what is the business worth at that point? Probably right. a lot less than it's worth today. Yeah, and uh, making sure that you have uh, the the details on how that business transitions from one uh, one owner to another is always a great thing yep. at all times. For sure. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Get with it, girl. Get with it, This is Money Talks. Here we Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Jennifer Thomas. And uh, what in the world does that mean? Your money don't fold. I mean, the song, when we came back in, says your money don't fold. Was that talking about change? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Who's change? Got to be. 
Maybe it's a credit card. Could be gold bricks. Credit card. Uh, gold gold, brick. gold bars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot of money to about that. <laughs> we we solved some issues, but we can't solve that one today. All right. Um, if you would like for us to answer a real question, you can uh, send us yours. Uh, question hotline one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You call in, get our voice message, uh, leave yours, including your question. We answer it on the air. Uh, if you'd rather talk to a human being, 770-429-9166 is the number. Um, by the way, if you want to talk to somebody about financial plans, uh, KC and Jennifer, can either one of them, can be reached at that number. Again, 770-429-9166. Uh, or you can email us, drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So I uh, got a question here from Thomas from Marietta. says, I'm looking at two undervalued mid-cap financial credit score companies, uh, First Cash Incorporated and Credit Acceptance Corporation. Uh, ticker on Fast Cash is, uh, well, it says First Cash. It's Fast Cash. No, it's First Cash. How about that paperwork that's all written over here is uh, 14 different ways. I'll have to talk to my producer about that. How about <laughs> that? Uh, God, I, I finally found a mistake after all this time. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it, the ticker on that is FCFS, uh, uh, First Cash. See there? Maybe it's First Fast Cash. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. It's a tongue question, <laughs> see? <laughs> oh, no, here we go. Uh, she's, uh, he says, I'm hoping these would be good holdings through any downturn we may have. Can I get your thoughts? Um, First Cash is a business that operates retail pawn stores in the U.S. and Latin America. Uh, Credit Acceptance Course uh, Corporation, man, I'm just struggling <laughs> today, uh, provides financing programs and related products and services to independent and franchised automobile dealers in the United States. Now, um, while automobile loans do have kind of a bad reputation, um, Casey, just off the top of your head, do you have any idea, would it be better to invest in a company that... Uh, provides credit for automobile purchases, especially like used cars, or a pawn shop. Ooh, I don't know. Just off the top that's, of that's pretty tough. I'm going cars. Yeah, I would say. Man. <laughs> and you would be I right. would have gone pawn shop on that. So, I watched uh, that show on TV with the guy with the pawn shop. You've seen that? Uh, it's we have pawn stars. There's yeah. like multiple. There's stuff. several of them. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's got to be a great business. It's, gotta, it's a great uh, business. It's just that they have interesting stuff that you can see come through the store, I think. But... Um, if you look uh, what has has uh, happened in the past, you know, kind of kind of talking about hoping these would be good holdings through any downturn. Turns out that pawn shops get crushed in an economic downturn. Anything with questionable credit generally tends to do that. Uh, the business model with uh, Credit Acceptance Corp seems to be a little better in this regard because they don't they they um, service the debt for automobile sales companies, but they don't always provide the funding. So, you know, the, the pawn shop, um, when you're thinking about it, just about everybody is going to either be selling their goods to the pawn shop, and even the pawn shop's funding runs thin during a downturn because, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. Again, we made this comment earlier, uh, banks don't like to give their money unless they've got pretty good collateral. Right. And, um, you know, if you think about the, the 
uh, business model of a pawn shop. It's not really the best. Uh, earnings growth in fast cash uh, over the last five years has been 6.23%. Nothing crazy there. Um, you know, they, they have uh, a decent operating profit margin, 13.6%. Uh, Revenue has been growing by more than 50%. So in a lot of ways, it does look attractive. The P.E. ratio right now, 226 uh, the price times the earnings, um, that doesn't look to me like an undervalued stock. 22.6 is uh, uh, right at where the S&P 500 was a week and a half ago before it lost 1.76%. So while the market's not down huge, it's still, you know, th this is a, a market type, uh, market related pricing. And uh, for a business, it's not really uh, growing its its earnings in a huge manner and the EVA spread, which is return on invested capital uh, as a percentage, basically uh, growth in percentage of uh, of the the cost of capital. So it's ROIC minus the weighted average cost of capital, return on invested capital minus the cost of that capital at 1.75. This is not you know this hugely mm -hmm. profitable. It doesn't business. sound undervalued to me. Yeah, um, one of the one of the benefits I think of uh, Credit Acceptance Corp is the fact that uh, it's got a huge net interest margin. So when it does loan money, instead of like the banks in the single digit percentages where they're borrowing short term and they lend you know 30 years out on a house mortgage, uh, there is a, a bit of a difference between that short end, end of the yield curve versus the 30 year, but it's not much these days. No. Would you tell me flat. 70 basis points 70 between the ba six basis, month and the 30 year? Uh, that's between the one month, the one month and the 30 year. So banks are, are not really having a heyday where they can borrow money on the significant cheap and lend it. You know, I, I think the average mortgage right now is like 3.7, 3.8% yeah. uh, for a 30 year. So, you know, if you're, if you're still having to borrow it, at one plus percent, uh, you don't have a net interest margin near the 16.4 right. for a business like credit acceptance. And again, one of the things is when they see when they see uh, economic conditions tightening up, they can also withdraw their funding, not provide it to the to the business, and just service the debt that uh, that is actually there and available for them. So. Uh, you know, if if you're asking which one to buy, I'd have to say credit acceptance. I'd say both of them are probably a bit in the crosshairs. But um, I will say that uh, credit acceptance has been around a long time. Uh, it lost 23% during the downturn from the top of the market in October of 2007 to the bottom of the market in March of 2009, while the market overall lost more than twice that. So it does have that uh, that aspect that you're looking for in uh, in a little bit of a uh, downturn resistant re recession resistant business if you wanted to call it that right still probably not going to do you like a consumer staple or even buying a bond would but um, you know you you get a little bit of benefit there um, let's uh, cover another one here we got Joanne and Mark from Roswell what can I do with old or unwanted gift cards or uh, our extended family seems to think we'd rather buy our own presents uh, I understand they are being generous uh, and are trying to avoid getting us stuff we don't need but we're at a point where we don't need these gift cards either well you can uh, my address is <laughs> <I'll send> you, <laughs> 
Well, you, you're saying 770-429. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe call. instead of giving me. them to KC, you could just, you could re-gift them to That's someone true. else. Yep. Um, so Again, I'll send you my address. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. And you could, you could honestly, you know, give it to charity. Um, I, I know there's charities that every now once in a while who will actually request gift cards and things like that. Um, you, you could know. potentially get a tax yeah. deduction for that as yeah. well. If, if you're itemizing. If you're itemizing which not many people do. Uh, would that be considered a cash gift? I don't know. I think it would. I mean, it has a value. So whatever the value is. I have to ask. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a that's CPA. A tax question there. But yeah. no, that, I mean, I think that giving them, giving them to someone else, um, I guess you could return them. There are some stores that will accept gift cards. Um, in return, probably not going to get the full value out of it, but yeah, or they may give you store credit you or store like credit. a percentage off of whatever you want to buy there. Yeah, uh, the one thing I would say is I would do something with them quickly because they do start to the the value does start to wane over time. On some, on yeah, some you just them. need to make sure that that's yeah. you know what the case is. Exactly. So uh, especially if it's a mom and pop store, I know I've I've uh, ran into that before where the the value begins to deplete. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening. That is uh, almost it for our show. I'm saying the market's up this week, guys. I'm going to go up. Yep, me too. How about that? Market up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you again next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.